You're listening to the No Farting Around Show. We're all about taking your marketing and business from the toilet to the bank. I'm your host, Ashley Mae Fernandez, and this is the only show where making a disruptive noise smells like success. Each week, I interview high-level disruptors who are making a big stink in their industry by doing things their own way while you listen in and ask a question or two. Talk show, live studio audience style. Expect all things marketing, messaging, money, and mindset, and only strategies that don't include farting and darting or treating your clients like an afterthought. So if you're ready to stop farting around and actually scale your business, let's cut to the cheese and get on with the show. So here's a question that I want to ask you. What is your biggest motivator for success? What is your biggest motivator for success? Now, I ask this question and I'm starting this episode this way. Because this was a question that got asked at an event that I was at about two weeks ago. I went to an event local here in Raleigh, and it was called Transform You. And it was a personal development event, and it was incredible. There were so many aha moments. And a guy by the name of Ray Higdon, he's really big in the MLM space. He got on stage, and he asked that question. and. I laughed a little bit because if you would have asked me that question probably a year ago, I would have told you a story about how no one ever believed in me as a child and how I was always told you can't do things and how I just really, truly wanted to prove that I could do it. And it's actually funny too, because I was listening to a podcast and the guy was like, why don't we all not be like Mike? That's a phrase that we hear all the time, like Michael Jordan. And Michael Jordan is known to be one of the most powerful and self-disciplined people on the planet. And his whole story was him being cut from his basketball team as a teenager, and then him going off to be just this basketball legend. And it was very much this, I have to basically, I'm going to show them right? It was like this show them. I'm going to be different type of energy. And if you would have asked me, that would have totally been my story. But over the past, probably I want to say six months, I've started to realize or reevaluate what is my why. And I'll tell you that when Ray got on the stage, he said this and it immediately confirmed all of my thoughts about the trying to prove to people. So He asked us the question, what is your motivator for success? And then everyone wrote it down. And then he said, "Um, if you're like me, you were someone who was told you couldn't do things. And so you finally were like, watch me. I'm going to prove, I'm going to prove it. I'm going to be the best there is. And he goes, but here's the thing I learned about that. If your success is required off of somebody else, you basically are requiring their doubt for you to be successful. And that gives away all of your power. When I say like my mouth dropped, my mouth dropped. So think about that. If you are out there trying to prove yourself, your motivation of success is to do what everyone else told you you couldn't do. You require other people's doubt for you to be successful. So your successful is dependent on if someone doubts you or not. And that is giving away all of your power. My mind was blown, okay? At the same event, the topic of hard work really started to go 
in my mind and why people do things. You guys know I love to ask why. I'm so big into why people think the way they think, What why words you know, trigger certain things in people's minds. I'm so curious about why things, right? And so at the same event, I actually posted about this um, on my Facebook, an entire post, because it was just this aha moment of I'm always preaching market to the pattern, don't market to the problem, and how your messaging is a reflection of your mindset. And basically what ended up you know, happening was I had this conversation with this guy came up at to me after this event, we were talking, it was like a, a cocktail hour um, after the event. And there weren't a lot of people at this event, which was really awesome. because It was very intimate. We really got to truly meet people. We got to actually talk to all the speakers, which was incredible. But I started talking to this guy who was at the event and I was telling him that I did messaging and I actually was surrounded by three of the speakers and we were we were talking about messaging and he thought it was incredibly fascinating. So then the next day, or not the next day, the third day, like we, this was a three-day event. The third day he comes up to me and he's like, hey, I really want to get your information about messaging. I said, oh, okay, sure. And he goes, I have a task for you. I said, okay. He goes, I want you to look at my content, look at my Instagram and give me a one word or a one sentence summary of my content. So basically he wanted me to critique his content. And so I was like, okay, so I pulled up his Instagram and what was funny was I started to read certain things. So I I basically looked at him and I said, do you mind if I take a crack at what I think is going on in your business? And he looked at me funny. Okay, sure. That's not what I asked you to do, but I was like, yeah. So anyways, I go through his Instagram and um, he says, yeah, tell me what you think is going on in my business. And I said, it looks like you have a poor offer. It looks like you actually know what you're doing and you've had people purchase your offer. But I can guess that most of those clients' results are all over and looked at me. And then I said, I can also guess that you probably have a lot of clients who are extremely needy and feel like they can't ever make decisions without your input. So maybe they'll literally have something on their mind and they'll wait an entire week for your next coaching call until they say something. So they'll sit in indecision for an entire week or whatever, if you do weekly calls. And he was looking at me like this. And I said, also feel like maybe you have to constantly add more work, add extra things into your offer to help them because some of them just aren't getting it, even though you explain it several different ways. And I said, so then you also feel like you get stuck if you don't think your program is going to scale because you just really truly are throwing in so much time and energy and space into this program. And instead of really loving the clients that have decided to work with you, you start to resent them a little bit. And then you don't feel excited to wake up in the morning and really do what you feel like you were called to do. And he looked at me and he was like, are you a mind reader? What is this wizardry? Like laughing. And I said, no, I can literally call all of that out from what you're saying in your messaging. He looked at me again and I said, you're literally calling in those people in your messaging. And he was like, how do I fix it? And I said, let me ask you this question. What are your thoughts about hard work? And he looked at me like, why are you asking me that? And he's, what do you mean? I said, what are your thoughts about hard work? And he goes, well, I think people who work hard for what they have, they deserve it more. They deserve it more and they appreciate it more because they had to work really hard to get it. 
And he literally said it out loud and he goes, oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. And I go, huh? And I said, where in childhood did this show up? And he goes, basically told me the story about how his dad came home super exhausted and made this comment at the table that rich people got rich off the labor of the poor. And they didn't deserve it or appreciate it. And it always stuck with him. He was saying his dad, I think his dad, he said his dad worked in a factory or something. I don't remember, but basically his dad always worked really hard and he felt like he could never progress. And that the rich were just getting richer and the poor were just getting poorer. And that the rich literally used the poor to get rich. And they didn't deserve it and they didn't appreciate them. And they just sat up on their high horse. And so I listened and I was like, that's pretty interesting, isn't it? He was, oh my gosh, I never thought of it that way. And I said, but here's, I said, so let's look at your content and let me show you a few things that I saw in your content. And he was like, yeah. And I said, okay. So almost every single post he was talking about his offer, he kept using the words of, I will help hold you accountable. Like I'm here to help hold you accountable. You will have um, unlimited accountability in this group. Now, again, I don't think that's bad. Okay. I also want to preface that anytime I say something, nothing is inherently bad. It's just, if it doesn't fit the ideal client you're trying to attract, it's not going to work. So holding someone accountable is not bad. But if you're attracting someone who, who expects you to hold them accountable and expects you to do the work for them or that they can't, that they literally can't take action without you, that is codependency. And you are literally calling in those people because they're looking for a codependent relationship. And by you saying, I'm going to hold you accountable, you're going to get results because I'm going to be there to help you get the results. You're literally calling in those people who are looking for a codependent relationship. And then that means you're going to have to keep showing up for them to get results, i.e. creating more work for yourself. Funny how that happens. We also had a lot of content that was very motivational and very motivational as in he would say a lot of industry cliches that I hear all the time. Oh gosh, here's one. You just need to change your perspective. Okay. Let's harp on this for a second. Now, we all know that you just need to change your perspective. If you go and listen to every single personal development, every single mindset, every single entrepreneur, coach out there, they are all going to say, you just need to change your perspective. Okay? Everyone says it. Now, we all know that we need to change our perspective, but there's a reason why we're not doing it. And that reason is a belief that we have. It's a thought pattern that we so you have to break down that thought pattern and show them the awareness you cannot change anything if you are not aware of why you're not doing it so it's you're literally giving them the result but you're not telling them why they aren't getting the result another one that i absolutely cannot stand that i hear all the time is that if it is important to you you will make time for it if it's not important you will make excuses okay again not a bad phrase but i freaking hate it in the personal development mindset thing, because you're literally like shaming the person. You're making them wrong. You're making them wrong and you're shaming them. And you're basically telling them you're not good enough. You're never going to amount to anything. It's not that it's not important to them. Okay. It's not that it's not important to them. Sometimes they have a belief that is holding them back from executing on what is important to them. Okay. They lack that awareness of really what they need to shift. You can't just keep telling people what to do. You can tell people what to do all day long. But if there is a thought in their brain 
that is keeping them back, they are never going to take the action, right? The thought creates, the feelings create, the actions create the result. So he was using a ton of content that was around the A line, the action line, okay? And if you believe that you have to work hard, that you have to do all of these things, you're going to try and literally just give people action steps. That's all you're going to do. How-to content is one of them or also just action steps, right? You're going to keep doing that, okay? Again, it always starts with you, right? And then here was the second or the third thing that I saw him doing in his content quite often. And that was telling like a very sob rags to riches story. Now, I know if Brittany is listening to this or watching this, she's going to be like, oh my God, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Actually, we'll tell you a story about what happened with this event. Almost every single person got on that stage and they told a rags to riches story. And it went like this. I was homeless. I was blank, all these bad things. And then I had this one aha moment and it changed everything. And now I'm here. And so what they did for the majority of their speech was they stayed in the rags part and they just built up so emotion, so much emotion of, oh my gosh, it was so hard. This is how terrible I had it. And then it was like this one aha moment that lasted like a three minute transition to now where they're at. This aha successful where they're at now. And the reason why I do not love this is because a lot of the times what you're doing is you are trying to relate to the people who are still in the rags and you're not spending more time in the messy middle aha moment. And that's where it's relatable. That is what is relatable. Okay. So you're not spending that time in that relatable moment. And here's what happens. If you do spend time in that aha moment, in that relatable moment, you're going to attract people who are all, have already taken steps to do the work. They're not all the way in the rag stage expecting to just bypass the messy middle and jump to the success stage. That's what most people want. They want to just like immediately go from the rags to like, I'm super successful, an overnight success. That never happens. But you're talking to those people and you're giving them that false hope of that's what happens, right? Instead of focusing where the majority of people are and where your ideal client is going to be. You want your ideal client to already have started to take action towards their success. And it's funny because every single person got on stage and told this story besides my coach. He actually did not tell. He like spoke a lot in the, in the middle, which I was like, yeah. Anyways, that night at the, at the cocktail hour, the guy that actually put the whole event together, I was talking to him and I mentioned that because he asked me, he said, how would you, what would you say about this event? And I said, let me get back to you. And then we got on the subject of me doing messaging. And he was just, what do you think about all the speakers? And I said, it's great, but almost every single person has a rags to riches story. And he looked at me and I said, it's not rags to riches. Like it's relatable to riches. And that's something that Brittany, one of my clients and I developed together for her offer was it's a relatable to riches story. And I was telling him, I was like, you exactly what I just said. You can bypass that messy middle where most people are, where it's really relatable. And he looked at me and was like, oh, and I'll even tell you, which was so phenomenal. It's actually, I thought I was being rude. I was like, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be rude. He's no, I really needed to hear that. Blah, blah, blah. He got on stage the next day and he actually said, I was talking to a young lady last night and she said these words to me. And I thought about it all night long to the point I threw out my entire speech today. And I'm literally just going to speak from the heart. And I sat in my, I was in the front row of this event and I was like, Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Like it had such an effect on him. And I'll tell you his entire energy shifted and everyone in that room was crying in a good way. And everyone was like, up, oh, like standing ovation, motivation, like 
100%, right? Because I see this a lot. And I saw this in his, con- I saw this in this guy's content that I was talking to. And I saw it in almost every single speech that we were on. And we all love it. We love an underdog story. We love to see where you came from and where you're at now. But most people are not exactly where you came from. They are in the middle. And that's where you really need to speak to people. And so I, I tell this whole story because these are certain things that I've seen in content that really draw in people that create more hard work for you. But again, it all starts with the thought, right? If you believe in some capacity that you have to work hard or that hard work, it is going to always put you in scenarios where you have to prove you have to work hard. Okay. I even wrote this down and working hard, like the working hard lie of saying, I have to do this in order to be this. That is the, if this, then that scenario. That's not how our brains operate. Our thoughts, our feelings, our actions, our result. And hard work really is rooted in self-doubt. You think what I'm doing is not good enough. Who I am is not good enough. I have to do more. I have to do more. And it is, it's rooted in self-doubt. And then when we have self-doubt, a lot of the times we tend to self-sabotage. And when you self-sabotage, that looks like creating, attracting clients that require you to do more work because you're proving that thought. Or just in his case, he said they don't appreciate it more. So he was thinking, I can't appreciate. It was funny when I kept on talking to him. When we looked at his day, And he had like days where he got hardly, where he got the most productive things done, but he didn't do a lot. He felt like he wasn't doing enough and he didn't appreciate those days. He only felt appreciative when he literally was hustling and grinding. And I think it was, I want to say it was Brooke Castillo who said, hustle is just a mechanism you use to outrun your doubt. Oh my gosh. So good. Those weren't her exact words, but she's around that same concept. And when we self-doubt, we will tend to self-sabotage. And when we self-sabotage, this looks like having to always prove yourself against someone else. What I said earlier, you can only be successful if you require somebody else's doubt. That is the, I'm going to show them that I can do it. They didn't believe in me and I'll show them type thing. Or let me talk about is one. Let me talk about this one. You will go into people pleasing mode. Now, let me tell you what. People pleasing is a form of manipulation. Okay. People pleasing is a form of manipulation. You are trying to manipulate other people's thoughts so that they can like you or they can think something about you. It is manipulation. It is lying. It is self-doubt. Because if you require, if your identity is determined on what you do for other people or how they think about you, you are giving away all of your power. And this is a form of hard work, right? If you have any thoughts around you have to work hard to be successful or whatever your thoughts around hard work is, it will show up in the form of proving yourself, which I just talked about, and people-pleasing. You will show up and you will always people-please. Guess what? 
people pleasing is another way to prove that you have to work hard to get what you want. And you want someone to think of you a certain way. People pleasing. Woo! Okay. Woo. And then the last one I'm going to talk about, kind of all P's, right? We talked about proving myself or proving yourself, people pleasing. And then the last one is procrastination. A lot of the times, if you have if you have any idea around working hard, you can resist it. And when you resist it, that will go into procrastination or indecision too. That's another thing, like waiting to the very last minute to make a decision. Procrastination and indecision are go hand in hand. I hope all this is making sense. This is just something that is so big and it is such a lie around working hard. I'm going to go read the comments. I think I'm proving myself to my mom. Very true. Mom syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. Monica, 100%. And I'll say I'm right there with you. My mom still to this day tells me you need to just quit and go get a real job. And I'm like, mom, I made in one month, my entire salary that I made in a year at a real job. (laughs) And she still tells me I need to just go get a real job all the time. I've had to do a lot of work around just not caring at all because I know who I am. I had to go into a lot of identity, really trusting myself and really doing a lot of inner work. And I'll tell you a phrase that was said a lot in my childhood was, it's just a hard day's work. It's just another hard day's work. So to me, I used to think if you weren't working hard, you were being lazy. Ooh, does that hit a chord with anyone? I used to think if you weren't working hard, you were lazy. And then let's even go and throw in the phrase work smarter, not harder. And that I feel if people have these any thoughts around hard work, that's always going to self-sabotage because to them, if their belief around hard work is I have to prove myself, I have to people please, I have to procrastinate. Guess what they're going to do? They're trying to be smarter. They're just going to tend to do all of those things, but escalated. They're going to say, how can I please people more? How can I do more? How can I prove myself more? How can I show up more? That's another thing. The prove myself could also be like, how can I show up more? And procrastination is how can I procrastinate more? So again, they'll bring on more stuff to create more opportunities to procrastinate. It's so warped, isn't it? It all goes back. So I would love to know, um, Anyone listening, anyone watching live in Facebook, what is your definition of hard work? When I say hard work, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? I also recorded an episode last week about rich versus wealthy. And that was a big thing that came up too around money because a lot of people go into Your personal thoughts will always go into your money thoughts, like 100%. And if you have any thought of, I have to work hard to be successful or whatever, you're going to do things such as lower your price because you think if I lower my price, then it's literally giving you an opportunity to work harder. It's a big one. You will create more offers, even though you're not in alignment with them, because again, you have to work harder. You will tend to spend more money. That's another one. You'll tend to spend more money when you don't need to be spending it, which means you're going to go buy a bunch of different courses or programs or anything like that. Because again, you're trying to prove yourself. And a lot of the times when people try to prove themselves, they think, I don't know enough. That falls into a lot of people that I see is I don't know enough. And then they'll go and they'll try and 
get more information. It, it ties all together. It really does tie all together. But hard work is just such a, it, I don't want to say it's 100% a lie, but it's just what you think about it, right? It's what you think about it. And to me, I've tried to reframe what I think about hard work. And to me, hard work is fun. That sounds really silly, but to me, hard work is fun. And when I'm hard, I've actually said challenging because I love, love, love to be challenged. I love to consume information where I'm like, oh my God, I never thought of it that way. I will always try, I've, I've restructured to say it's not hard work, it's challenging and challenging is fun to me. It makes me grow, but I also have boundaries with it. I can't just spend the whole day going down the rabbit hole of challenging information. I will start to put boundaries on challenging, on consuming content. So Monica said, when I think hard work, physical labor comes to my mind first. Okay. So this is interesting because that's what mine used to come to my mind too. So if you have physical labor comes to your mind, you are always going to be incongruent with the online world. So if you're, if you have the thought, I have to work hard to be successful, but your perception of hard work is physical labor, you are always going to self-sabotage in some way. You'll always self-sabotage in some way because it's incongruent with what you think about the online. I can probably guess, Monica, that you're tending to this is just something physical, right? I feel like I never do enough. Physical could be you do calls back to back to back to back all day long and you don't give yourself any time to rest. You don't give yourself any time to eat lunch. You don't give yourself um, time to work out. You're probably completely neglecting that side. Um, again, this is just assumptions. You can tell me if I'm right, but that could be something that comes up for you if it's like physical labor, because while you're not out here literally like plowing a field, you are trying to do something physically in your body. So that could literally look like skipping meals. That could look like being on calls back to back all day long. That could be speaking all day long, typing all day long, something that you are doing physical. Because again, it's incongruent with the online space. Now that I don't know if that's right, but that could totally be something. She said, haha, totally. Most of the time I used to not eat or drink while working uh, working or uh, working. I'm trying to change that. Yeah. So it's a belief. <laughs> it's a belief system. So anyways, this is the episode. I hope that you all enjoyed this. I would love to know what your thoughts are about hard work. If this was eye-opening, I would also love for you to join the Facebook group. If you are interested, if you're listening to this on the podcast, um, you can join us at facebook.com slash group slash with Ashley May Fernandez. And the, the Facebook group is called the no farting around. So the same as the podcast, I would love, love, love to have you in there and see you live. That's why Monica's on here live. So yeah. And, and you're, I cannot speak today. Love to join us live. And yeah, that's it. So uh, we will catch you next week on the No Farting Around show. I hope that you have the most amazing day and we'll talk to you later. Bye. Oh, friend, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the No Farting Around show. I hope you had as much fun as I did. And I would love, love for you to join us on the next podcast recording. You can go to www.ashamayfernandez.com slash podcast to see our interview schedule and the link to join us live to get your questions answered, get some personalized feedback and one-on-one hot seat coaching from not only me, but the amazing guests that I bring on the show. So I hope to catch you in the next episode. And until then, I will smell you later.